Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On today's episode of the Bolts Broadcast, another little brother beatdown is on the way. Stay tuned. Season 4, episode 23 of the Bulls broadcast. Mike Mitchelson and Chase Crawshaw with you today. Chase, how are you on this Wednesday evening? I'm hanging in, you know. It was, it was a long, busy day for me, but, uh, you know, I'm chilling now. How about you? Uh, you know, a little bit tired because over the past couple of nights, haven't been sleeping the greatest, but excited to get the show going and just had an exhilarating conversation with my roommate that we're going to get into here on the show in just uh just a couple seconds so it's gonna be fun neat um i will give a little outline of the show first we are gonna do a game review game preview um coming up after we talk about this exhilarating conversation and then after the commercial break talk about some news around the league and then look at world junior camp rosters we have those for canada and the usa so we'll be talking about those as well it's gonna be a good show you're gonna absolutely love it i can tell but chase Alrighty. Uh, Dylan and I, my roommate, we were talking about, um, you know, gladiator style versus hunger Games style. What could you beat? What couldn't you beat? Stuff like that. So coyote was one. Um, could you beat a coyote? What do you think, Chase? I mean, they get, I think 45, 50 pounds. Um, I think maximum length is like three and a half feet. Well, in my current health status, I don't think I could beat really anything, but like if I was in my General health status, I, I think I could take it. Okay, so um, somehow what came up was a crocodile, and obviously we weren't going to beat that, but I was looking up the difference between a crocodile and alligator. And did you know that like crocodile and alligators aren't the only like crocodile slash alligator looking species? What else we got? We've got the Cayman. It's spelled caveman. No, no, Cayman. It's spelled C A I M A N. If you want to go ahead and look that up, if you're at home. Um, okay, man, get but, it, get it. It's a pun. No, no, I don't actually. Oh, okay. <clears throat> but it's a smaller version of a crocodile with an overbite, which is super interesting. Didn't know that was a thing. And then I saw a gharial. What the Cayman's f- ugly. The What's f- a gharial? A gharial is basically like the, um, uh, what's the shark that has like the chainsaw 
type nose. It's like a very skinny nosed alligator. Oh yeah, I don't know what it's called. Oh yeah, that that also looks kind of stupid. Like, I'm just thinking, what in the world do we have? Like, there's things out there that I had no clue. I thought there was alligator crocodile. I didn't think there was anything else. But the gharial, actually, I mean, you said it looks stupid. I think it looks a little spooky. If you saw that running towards you, I mean, no, thank you. It's it's like a swordfish that would be able to use its like sword as more than just a stabber. Yeah. Um, it's weird. It can get up to 20 feet in length which is bigger than the caiman, but smaller than a croc, uh, 350 pounds. So they can get pretty big. They're a little bit uh, skinnier, more elusive, more fast, but I mean, they're still, yeah, I don't know, craziness. And then I didn't realize, but um, polar bears are like insane compared to grizzly bears and black bears. Did you know that? What do you mean? Like in size wise, because... Grizzly bears and black bears can get up to like I think six seven feet um, tall, and then they can get to anywhere between four hundred and six hundred pounds. And then I po- think that polar bears are nine feet tall and weigh up to a thousand pounds. I can take that as well. Oh my gosh, it was just craziness that we were going back and forth, in, and I thought it was a cool hypothetical on what could you take, what couldn't you take, and. Um, Dylan was saying that if it's Hunger Games style, where you're just put out there and, you know, you have time to prepare, or maybe you don't, depending on what it is. Maybe if it's a, a cheetah, it'll fly right at you. But um, he could build a spear and traps and stuff, he's saying. He said he could take most things. What do you think? Not most things, because, <laughs> like, bears take multiple tranquilizer darts and still just kind of chill. So I don't think he'd take most things, mm-hmm. but I, some things he'd be fine with. Yeah, he was asking about wolves, dire wolves. Um, dire wolves like, are freaking insane. I, I think most people in like normal shape, regular shape, like even if you're not, not necessarily outrun it, like I think you'd be able to get a wolf. You just got to attack at the right time um, because if, if it gets on and starts biting, you're going to panic a little bit. But if you can, you can get a nice little, little roundhouse kick, you can knock it down and just, just pummel it, and then you're good. Yeah, I think I looked up and like a gray wolf can get up to 180 pounds or something like that. So, I mean, they're big, but I don't know. Yeah, I, no, I'm, I'm good. I, I can beat its ass. There you go. All right. Well, uh, oh, he also wanted to say sea lions and seals. He said on land, he could take them. I'm like, well, yeah, obviously. Um, yeah. But water, no chance. And there was actually a little bit of apprehension when it came to sea lions because I didn't realize, but they can get seven feet in length and up to 850 pounds. Yeesh. Yeah, didn't expect that, but... That's probably going to take a lot of blows, no problem. Yeah, that's going to be it for our biology lesson, though. Uh, Just a fun little topic that Dylan and I go back and forth on because uh, we're talking a couple days ago about how apparently there's been, like, spotted megalodons, and now we don't know if that's, you know legitimate because obviously online it says they're extinct but apparently there's been like plus five sightings uh five plus sightings of a megalodon looking shark species which would be crazy but yeah i i i'm not really sold on on that whole thing i i I don't really think that there's like there there probably is something like that out there but i don't think it's quite the size that like 
you know, stories and mythological like tales make it out to be. I mean, we do know that megalodons were real. We have, uh, what's it called? We've got like fossils and stuff of like actually. Yeah. But and, uh, that's where people are saying nowadays, oh, there's one out there that's like six trillion feet big. I got, I don't, I don't think we're, I don't think it's quite like that. You know, six trillion feet, that might be a little bit small. I'm thinking seven, but. All right. Well, I, I mean, I, I was just trying to not scare too many people. Right. I get that. I get that. I think it would be cool to find something down there. Are you more afraid of the ocean or space? Ocean. I would love to go to space. I do not want to go swimming deep in the ocean. Yeah, I don't think it's really even close for me. Like, we're talking about aliens and stuff like that. I mean, there there's stuff in our ocean that we don't even know about. So, yeah, that's I'm gonna pass on that one. <laughs> All right, well, we'll get off of that. Let's now go into our game review, game preview for our Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, you only got one game to cover, and the boys played pretty well, but the outcome isn't exactly what we were looking for. Yeah, a little bit of a homecoming for Derek Lalonde, and we got to see, or the former Red Wings coach got to see his old opponent and Jeff Blaschel. Lightning did all they could. Billy Huso had just played really well in this game, made 44 saves, 46 shots en route to a 4-2 Red Wings win. Uh, they kind of rallied a bit there in the third period. Their whole fourth line scored, so that that's a little disappointing. Um, I mean, Jonathan Berger, though, that, that kid's pretty good. It looks like he should be a pretty good player for them going forward. Um uh, Really, like other than like you just kind of you know like kind of not going your way. Like they, they they played really well. You can't be you can't be mad at the rest of the team. And really, like Vasilevsky, like he, he still played fine too. Like he you know he got pulled a bit early. Uh, empty empty netter kind of sealed the sealed the deal there at the end, but he still made twenty two out of twenty four saves. And I thought he did a perfectly fine job. It's just just kind of one of those games that didn't go your way. Yeah, there's not much you can do when you run into a hot goalie. I mean, y- you can try everything in the book but if there's a goalie really on top of his game in a certain uh, moment it's going to be tough I mean 46 shots what else could you want from the team I mean they were firing on all cylinders 15 shots you know averaging 15 shots a period so uh, and I'm going to interject yeah. like the, the craziest thing about that all too is that we had 30 on that in the third period yeah so I mean we were flying at them but a hot goalie stands tall the one thing that stinks about this and you know, we still have a long, long way to go in this season, but because of this Red Wings victory over Tampa, the Red Wings now sit third in the Atlantic while Tampa gets moved down into that wild card position. So the old Red Wings, you know, they're no longer. We we're talking about how this is a team that's on the up and up, and they prove it here. Yeah, I mean, who who would have thought that, you know, they'd be getting there this quick, like in the rebuild. We know Stevie Y um, very well here at the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, personally, I know him very well, of course, is what I'm saying. Of course. But, uh, yeah, obviously he built our uh, team and pushed, put him you know, on the path of success, and Breezewa helped him finish the job. And it's kind of doing the same thing in Detroit. He's putting him on that path to success. I'm sure we're going to see them be a competitive team for many years, and it's happening maybe a year or two earlier than expected. Yeah, and then when we look towards our future games, we have two to cover. Starting on Thursday night, we've got the Nashville Predators. The Nashville Predators have been pretty hot as of recent, 7-2-1 and one in their last 10 with currently a three-game win streak. This is a team overall on the season, haven't really been able to put the puck in the back of the net, but a little spark from Matt Duchesne with seven points over his last five games has them in the right direction. Yeah, and this should be a fun little matchup. They've gotten some really strong goaltending throughout the year. So it's, it's going to be maybe a bit tough to break that wall, but 
we got a capable enough team. We have a strong enough roster. Something that we can definitely do. Um, you know, the the one honestly big thing about the season for the Lightning this year is the play of Andre Vasilevsky has been relatively underwhelming. I mean, ten eight and one on the year, two seven five goals against nine nine save. Still no shutouts um, for the Tampa Lightning yet this year. It's it's a little 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 bit concerning. And there's articles starting to float out there. It's like, is it time to be concerned about Andre Vasilevsky? It might be. Um, you know, we already beat him once this year, though. Beat him in overtime. I, I think we can do it again. Whether it's Vasilevsky or Elliott playing, I'm not sure. I'm guessing it will be Vassy, but I still think that it might be a lower scoring game. But I still think we can edge him. Yeah, I'm thinking this might be with Vassy this year. It might be just a John Cooper situation we had a couple of years back when they went on their first Stanley Cup run. I mean, the team didn't look great in the first, you know, twenty, thirty games. Uh, back in the, what was it, 2019-2020 season, um, they weren't looking fantastic through those first couple of games. We talked about John Cooper, how he's really got to get things turned around here or else, you know, it could mean some troublesome stuff for him. And sure enough, the team turned around and it went well. I'm hoping that's going to be a similar case with Vasilevsky here. I mean, still, the numbers aren't horrible. You know, I mean, Brian Elliott, even though he's 5-1, and hasn't been great when it actually comes to stopping the puck. He's getting the wins because the team's been there offensively for him. But um, I I think Vasilevsky, he's at a point right now where if he can just kind of stay consistent through these next couple of weeks, maybe months, and then really start to ramp it up again, really find his footing, find that confidence, then we can get the Vasilevsky of old. Because right now it is not expected what he's doing, but it's not terrible. Like it's still starting goaltender numbers. Yeah. At, so at the moment in, in his NHL career, um, he's currently holding his worst save percentage of his career. And it's still a nine Oh nine, which is still better than a lot of starting goaltenders out there. And especially in a higher scoring game um, nowadays, it's, we can see some kind of wacky numbers from starting goaltenders. But if you kind of look at his career average, a nine nineteen save percentage, that's, that's very strong. I got to imagine he's going to get back on that track, especially where he was in the last couple of years, 916, 925, 917, 925. Uh, that's kind of what I'm expecting he should get back to. But if for whatever reason he doesn't, um, it, it could mean that a couple of games that, sh- that should be close might not go our way. And at the end of the day, that could make a break where we finish in terms of standings. And hell, maybe there's even an outside chance that we're fighting for a playoff spot rather than locked in. Yeah, really hoping not that but uh i i think vasilevsky we know goalies they're weird um but once he gets that confidence going once the team starts getting some wins with him and that i think it'll just be smooth sailing from there but confidence is a big thing for goaltenders because we know how mental the goaltending position is so just hoping to get him back on track but our next game saturday against the florida panthers florida panthers overall record not terrible but when you look at their last 10 they've been struggling yeah, and really, it's just—it's not a, like a super strong team, in my opinion. Like, you know, we talked about it before. Like, they kind of lost that Matthew Kachuk trade. They they traded away Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Weger, two of the better players in the league, and they still serve Sergey Bobrovsky, which I know I've talked about it. I'm sure I've talked about it before in the show, but Sergey Bobrovsky—if you look at his career, pretty much always he goes from. High season to low season, high season to low season. Well, right now he's in his low season, and he's playing horrible. So Spencer Knight is 
you know, starting to take over those duties and really kind of becoming that guy for them, which, you know, good for him. I really like Spencer Knight, and I got to imagine that we're going to see him in this game. But either way, I, you know, I, little brother is not beating us. We were to beat him once this year, to had to take it to overtime, but I, I'm, I'm not as worried this time around. I, I think us being at home, riding off of that disappointing loss, we're like, all right, it's, it's time to roll back, you know, take, take these next two games, take Nashville, take Florida. Um, I, I got to imagine that we should come out on top. Yeah, I agree. And Florida, one of their big weak spots has been special teams. And we know early on in the season, that was a problem for Tampa as well. However, we've been able to right the ship a little bit there. Our power play sitting really strong right now at fourth in the league at a 28.4%. So you love to see that our penalty kills better as well. So the little bit of early struggles in special the special teams department is much better for us now, but there's still struggles in Florida. So hoping for uh, a big performance in that aspect of the game. And yeah, if we don't get Spencer Knight, we get Sergey. Who this could be a a beatdown. Yeah, this could be a light up the lamp kind of night. Exactly. All right. Well, we're gonna go to a quick commercial break, but on the other side of the commercial break, talking World Junior Camp rosters. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. If you have any sports betting needs, make sure to head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, Chase, before we get into those camp rosters, let's quickly go around the league, see if there's any trendy news, and we'll start with Jacob Voracek. Yeah, so some unfortunate news for him. Looking like he could potentially be out for the year as Columbus' season just begins to fall apart. Uh, just losing lots of guys to injuries. The team isn't very strong. Uh, Johnny Adrell, poor guy, has to suffer through the rest of the year before he can finally get Connor Bedard on that roster. But Voracek probably out for the year. Um, is he done in the NHL maybe after this? Who knows? Uh, it's possible he's an aging player. He's still talented, and I, I don't. I hope he's not, but who knows? Maybe he's like, yeah, man, this injury sucks. I just had to sit here, do nothing. I want to go back home, go back to Europe. I don't know. That, that's just very big speculation. None, nonetheless, this Columbus team is about to be absolutely horrendous down the stretch the rest of the year, minus like two players. And it just makes me question yet again, like if a couple of injuries can thin this team out so much, why did Johnny Gaudreau select this as his location? Like you said, he, he wanted to be close to home, but not too close for people to show up to his doorstep. So he chooses a bottom three roster in the league. I, I would personally rather try to go somewhere where I can still get paid and still be set up to win. Um, there, there was lots of options where he could have done that, but chose Columbus. And who knows, maybe in the long run it'll work out because if they do land Connor Bedard, then it, he made the right choice because that automatically makes them a contender yet again because that kid is going to be something special. Yeah, and it's wild because I've been to Columbus, beautiful city, but I mean, there's other markets out there where 
you know, a, a Boston, a very nice city over there in Boston. And there's just other Tampa, other places where you'll get more money. You'd be more of a contender and the actual atmosphere around the city is better. And Columbus, a beautiful city, like I said, but I mean, there's so many better options. Yeah, I got to agree. And how, if, as you mentioned, Tampa, if they could have made the room down in Tampa, I think there's a chance he might have came here because that, that would make them, you know, a, a, just a stupidly good team. And Tampa is just a beautiful place to be. I, I love Tampa so much, but that obviously was not realistic. Could you imagine Kucherov and Gaudreau, what they could do together? Oh, oh that'd oh. be icky, dude. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about the Seattle Kraken now and whether or not they made the right pick. Well, I, I still think they did because they lucked into my number one player in the draft at fourth overall as he gave, you know, the death there to the Montreal Canadiens. For whatever reason, they decided, you know, to keep him in the NHL, which I thought, all right, he definitely deserves a shot. And they just wanted to play him three minutes a game for whatever reason. Well, as, as we talked about it, he got sent down to the American League, played well, five games, scored four goals, gets called up to the NHL, um, gets his first NHL goal uh, night or two ago, whenever it was. So hats off to Shane Wright. That, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, he's played eight games now, still got some time left on that contract um, or like time left in his trial period, I guess, before they burn that ELC. So I kind of wonder um, what, what's going to happen. I wonder if they're going to keep him up, if they're going to set him down. I don't know. But as of right now, a uh, good start for him getting his first career goal. The best part, it comes against the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> That's yeah. I didn't realize that. That's fantastic. Yeah. So Shane Wright right now, eight games. Played one goal, one assist, two points. However, after his AHL stint, one game played, one goal, one point. So not bad. It's a one point per game rest of the year. Exactly. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, let's go to our World Junior Camp rosters. We'll start with Team Canada. Um, this is the team that should be the shoe in for silver. And we'll talk about the gold medalist <laughs> next. Yes, I like that point. Um, and while we're on it, talking about Shane Wright, but in, in addition to the roster that we're going to read you, him and Brant Clark were loaned from their respective NHL franchises to Team Canada. So they're going to be shoe-ins, locks to make the team. Brant Clark's going to finally get his chance he, after being left off for the last couple of years for whatever reason. I do not know. And same thing with Shane Wright, really, because you know he was on that team last year that in the tournament that got canceled. And he didn't play in the summer tournament. He's trying to prepare for the NHL. So now he's finally going to get his, his U20 look. So I'm excited for that. But looking at this Team Canada roster, outside of that, the goaltending is going to be a, a little strugglesome. You know, I like Tyler Brennan. I like Bedrick Goudreau. But I don't really know if any of these guys are necessarily like studs. And when we get to the U.S., it'll be, be the same conversation going forward. But the back end will be strong. The, the, the forwards will be strong. I mean, it always is, is for Team Canada. Couldn't tell you the last time that the team wasn't good, but I really am looking forward to seeing what kind of Bedard can do a little bit older. Um, you know, it just dominated the dub this year. Hopefully we can see him play the Adam Fantilli. I think that'd be pretty fun. That guy's dominating college right now. It's, it's going to be a fun year for uh, the Canadian team. There's a lot of really interesting prospects, a couple of draft eligible guys. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, this team might be the shoe in for like undefeated, just, they look fantastic on paper. I mean, you got the two top prospects in this upcoming draft. You got Shane Wright going back. Brant Clark teams up with Carson Lambos on the back and with a bunch of other good players here too. So, I mean, this team's looking great. I know Olin Zellweger, that's a guy that you were very high on in the draft. Love him. 
he's continuing to look good as he, um, you know, makes his progression. And it's a scary team. I can't lie. Yeah, it, it looks good. Um, you know, there's a couple guys going to be borderline, like Colton Doc, Zachary Bolduke, Zach Dean. Um, there might be a little borderline, but it would be cool to see a couple of those guys. But I think all the draft eligible skaters, at least, that, that show up at this um, you know, tournament are going to make the team. I, I, I think it's a shoe-in for them to be top-line guys. But, you know, outside of that, there, there's some really interesting names like, like Nathan Gaucher on the front end, like Reed Schaefer, who ended up being kind of a, a late riser last year. And then on the back end, you already mentioned a couple. But Kevin Korczynski, uh, that, that's that's a big name to keep in mind, too. But one name I'm, I'm surprised didn't up, end up on this roster, then Matt Yachuk, ended up being a first-round pick, a high pick in this last NHL draft. A little surprised he didn't make the team because like, he's a pretty strong offensive threat from the back end. But there's always one or two guys that Canada leaves off. It's like, huh, that's shocking. Yeah, and... You would have at least liked to see him get the camp invite, right? See what exactly. he can do. Um, but I, I think the big thing is going to be scared of Connor Bedard because that kid before the tournament got canceled last year was on a ridiculous pace. Yeah, I'm, I mean, he's just he, he's just so good, dude. He's on a 26-game point streak in the dub right now where he's averaging over two points a game. Like, he's just, he's just toying around with people at this point. So... Here's a question before we move on to the USA roster, USA camp roster, I should say. Um, if Connor Bedard was in the 2015 NHL draft, where would he go? That's a great question because right now, like he, he's he's do he's he's already done things that no one else has done before, um, or like, at least hasn't in a long time when the league was easy to score in. But at the same time, Connor McDavid is maybe the most elite skater the NHL has ever seen. And that matters so much nowadays. So it's a good question. Like he obviously beats the hell out of Eichel now when he's going one or two. And I really don't know which one I would choose. I, I, if I had, if I'm being 50, 50, I got to lean Connor David. He's already got the body of work, but he's seen what he's done. But I think Connor Bedard's well on his way to becoming at least a top two, three player in the NHL, maybe even the number one. And just looking over the past, you know, decade, you'd take Connor Bedard over everyone else except for McDavid, like over McKinnon, over Matthews. Yes, I, I would. As, as strong as awesome Matthews drafter was, as talented as he is, as awesome as he's been, I think I would take the chance of Connor Bedard. All right. Well, there you go, folks. Let's now move on to the USA Hockey Camp roster. What are we seeing here? Is there some... Um, can, can we be positive about this team and have some hope when going against Canada, you can be kind of positive about a couple things. Starting from the net, no, you cannot be positive because it's like it, it's just not great. Um, a couple of returns last year from last year, Caden Barico, Andrew Oak, neither guy is really good enough to carry the load. So we see Trey Augustine, who's um, draft eligible this year, playing at NTDP. We also see Tyler Muzelik, who was a draft pick of the Florida Panthers last year. So if I had a guest, I would say that Augustine, Muzelik, and probably Americo end up uh, making this team, which would suck for O because he was on the roster last year, but like he's kind of struggling in the OHL this year. He's really just a backup anyway. So going from there to the decor, I, it's definitely better. And, you know, a, cu- a couple guys that are going to make the team, you know, maybe it's not going to, or that should make the team, I should say, maybe it's not going to combine for the best balance but it's going to be fun to watch because we're, we're going to see luke hughes i would imagine we're going to see lane hudson with the year he's having 
I'm assuming we'll see Jack Peart. I'm assuming we'll see Sean Barron's. I hope Seamus Casey can do well at this camp to make the team because I think he's awesome. And Ryan Ufko, I think, is probably a lot to make the team as well. So whoever else makes it from there, we will see. But there, you know, there's there's a lot of good talent there, but it's just a, kind of a lot of offensive guys. So will they make for the best combination? I, I don't really know. And Luke Hughes is a guy that could probably come in and be one of the best, if not the very best player on this USA roster. He 100% is, like, with, without a doubt. Um, no matter who's up front, and like we'll talk about some of those names, he absolutely is. And once, you know, I don't know if you got anything else in the D, but we've got a couple of things to talk about up front as well. Um, so if you got anything else to say on the D, go for it. No, go ahead. All right. Well, you know, two things I want to mention about the forwards, two names that are missing. Sasha Pasadrov, a guy that I really love, uh, Anaheim draft pick, his third round pick is exceeding that so far. Um, he, he's playing in the OHL. They decided to leave him off the camp roster. It's a bit of a, a bias against Americans playing in the CHL, and so it's a little garbage, but nonetheless, we also do not see Isaac Howard, our first-round draft pick, as he's kind of off to a slow start to his college career, but got loads of talent. I got to imagine he's a kind of shoe in for the roster next year as long as he keeps trending in the right direction, but just not meant to be this year. So looking at the rest of this roster, you know, there's a couple of draft eligibles here um, up, up front as well. So we see Gavin Brindley, who is someone I think could – be a really awesome NHL on the road. Same with Ryan Leonard and Will Smith. Three guys that are that are just super strong talents that are, that are going to be at least fighting for a spot on, on this NHL team. And then, oh, I, I almost forgot one, Charlie Strommel. I think he's locked and loaded. He already played in the tournament. I think he's guaranteed. I would say Will Smith's probably my favorite of the other draft eligibles. But moving on to so, some of the names you might know, know a little more. Uh, Logan Cooley, uh, Jack Devine, guys might know, Cutter Gauthier. Um Rucker McGrordy, Jimmy Snuggerud. It's it's a very solid you know group. All said and done, there's you know a couple names that are, aren't really household names like like Kenny Connor, Sam Lipkin, but they're quality prospects, quality players nonetheless. And I think this team should be able to at least compete. Um, I, I kind of feel nervous. I'm not going to lie. They really have to try to figure out how to win as a team because I don't think they have a goalie that can steal the show. I don't really think they have a forward that can steal the show. Logan Cooley's probably got the best shot at doing that, and it's hard for a defenseman to steal the show in these tournaments. So we're going to have to see. And what are the odds that Tampa's very own prospect, Dylan Duke, can make the team and perform? I don't know, man. I I would love to see it because I really like Dylan Duke. I was a big fan of his in the draft process. I would guess he makes it but I kind of feel like it's going to be in a supplementary role. I don't think we see him as a top six guy unless he has a hell of a camp and, you know, he's playing well at the university of Michigan. So it would be cool to see him do that. But you know, like, like Logan Cooley, Cutter Gauthier, those guys are pretty much guaranteed to be ahead of him. I would imagine that uh, Rucker McGrody, Charlie Strommel are locks as well. Maybe even Chaz Lucius. So that right there leaves one spot open for whoever that might be. And I really don't know if it's going to be him, but I do, I do have one thing I got to say as well. I don't even know why they wasted time inviting Tyler Boucher to this because, like, he sucks. Mm. Very good. The, 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 ni- the nicest way possible. Like, he's just – he shouldn't have went as high as he did. I don't know why he went as high as he did. He's just – like, at, at best, he's he'll be lucky if he's a grinder third-line NHL forward. He'll be lucky. And they took him, like, 10th overall Ottawa. That makes no sense to me. Yeah. Uh, tough there. My last question for you, Chase is looking up and down this USA roster, forwards, defense, goalie, as a whole, is there one prospect 
coming out, this upcoming class that you think we should have our eyes on? Is there one guy that heads li- headlines this class for the United States? I would say that Charlie Strommel is, is the one that you should keep an eye on. I think Gavin Brindley, Ryan Leonard, and Will Smith are all going to be awesome prospects too. But Charlie Strommel, I would be shocked if he's not the first American off the board. He's playing uh, college hockey already at the University of Wisconsin. He already played on this uh, U-20 team back in back in the summer event that they did. Like This kid, he's awesome. Big body, got a lot of skill. I think he's going to be pretty fun to watch. Going to be excited to see him out there on the ice, and there is a lot more to come when it comes to World Junior Talk. We'll be covering it here over on the Bolts broadcast, so stay tuned if you're interested in that. But we're going to move on to a hockey name of the day now, and we have Chris Butts. Well, that's inappropriate, Mike. (laughs) Okay. Well, Chris Butts, he is an American-born forward who played eight games at Mercyhurst College, which is NCAA D3 at the time in the 1990-1991 season. He had two assists in those games. Outside of that, I don't have a birthplace in the United States. I don't have a height. I don't have a weight for you, but I can tell you that he is retired. Okay. And he can tell me that his last name is Butts. Uh, again, Mike, that's inappropriate. Perfect. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the show. I want to thank you so much for coming out and giving it a listen. Chase. Good, hit him with an outro. Sorry, I was just looking at his, his roster real quick, seeing if I could kind of get a general age group. He, a kid on his team, or I guess like adult now, but a guy on his team had 96 points through 33 games. That's not too bad. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, ended up playing some some pro games, nothing in the NHL. But anywho, we would like to thank you guys for listening. You should check us on Patreon. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at Bolts Broadcast, it's at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. While you're at it, go follow WMP on Twitter, WMP Sports Pod. That's WNP Sports Pod. Make sure to go to HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You can find all the podcast network right there. Boom, click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Wherever you're listening, rate us five stars, send us your questions, comments, concerns. Whatever you do, do not forget to use code THPN when you sign up for DraftKings. Thanks so much for stopping by. Talk to you next time. <laughs>